And as we continue in worship, if I could invite the communion servers and prayer team forward. Um, each week we, we practice these things, these ways of being the people of God, the community of God. Uh, so to my left, your right, we have uh, two people available to pray with you and for you, to join you in all the things that you bring uh, into this place before God. Uh, they're there too, to pray with you um, and to lift those things up as a community. And in the center we have the table, this, this tangible act of remembering and participating in Christ's activity and presence in this world. Uh, this is an open table, so if you desire to take, you are welcome. The table is for you. Uh, we'll just come down the center, take the bread, dip it in the cup, and head back the sides to your seats. And as you do that, as you feel the bread in your fingers and, and taste the juice on your tongue, remember that Christ is in this place. And that God is of the business of making all things new. Uh, both those will be available as we practice, as we as we continue to worship. Um, and so, with that, let's continue. Expected Jesus born to set thy people free from our fears and sins. Release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel, strength and consolation, oh, of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring By thine own eternal spirit Ruling all our hearts alone By thine own sufficient merit Raise us to thy glorious throne From that long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins, release us, let us find our rest in thee. His real strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Come, 
two songs. I stand before you 
Returning to you. Return to you.
come every way among us. We welcome you here, Lord Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Well, good morning once again to One Life Community Church and our first Sunday in Advent. It is a pleasure to be with you. My name is Rich, and I'm one of the co-lead pastors here. And uh, I just wanted to say it is a joy to be with you this morning. Hopefully you got to see a beautiful sunrise, um, obviously cold, um, but it wakes us. It makes us recognize this gift of life that we get to celebrate together. So I just want to say thank you for joining us in that. Hopefully, as you arrived, you received a bulletin, and in that bulletin is something we call a connection card. It's a way for us to say thank you for coming. For those of you who are new, it's a way of hearing from you. If you have comments, of thoughts, questions, um, if you have decisions you've made, if you want information about getting baptized, becoming a Christian, any of those kinds of things, that's what that card is designed to do. And we ask everyone to fill them out, at least put your name on it, and let us know that you were here. Um, and as you leave today, if you would just drop it in one of those wood boxes at each one of the doors, that would be great. If it's your first time here um, and you fill it out, we promise we don't hand out your information to anyone. We do, however, donate $5 to Living Water International in your name as a way of saying thank you and providing clean water for those in need. So I want to make sure you know about that. In your bulletin, there's a bunch of announcements. I want to highlight a few. The first one is our thankfulness tree. As you go downstairs later this afternoon after our service, you will see a Christmas tree. And next to it is our thankfulness tree. Because our kids' life, kids have been learning about what it means to be thankful. And one of the ways we're doing that is by trying to provide shoes for those in our tutoring program as a Christmas gift. And hanging on that thankfulness tree are these little envelopes with cards that you can fill with either $20, um, a check for $20, or if you have a Payless gift card for $20, you can put it in there as well. And it's just a way for us to recognize those in need in our community and bless them during this Christmas season. want to make sure you know about that. We're still taking those and would love to make sure all the kids in that program are cared for in this way. So I want to make sure you check it out. It also has a bunch of really cute things on it, acknowledging things that our kids are thankful for, and that's just worth reading as well. Second thing is we also, next to the thankfulness tree, have a Christmas tree, which is our giving tree. And as a way of connecting to Tierra Nueva and the ministry of Bob Ekblad, we are partnering with our Kids Life and our church to provide Christmas gifts for inmate children that are served. And by that I mean parents of uh, that are inmates who have kids that aren't having a good way to get Christmas gifts. And what you'll see on that Christmas tree is a whole bunch of cards, and on it it'll say, you know, uh, girl age 13 to 15 and it has some details of what you can do to bless that person the details are in your bulletin of how to go about fully participating in that including where to bring those how to wrap them and how to kind of join in we really would love to bless these kids so if you would take a look in your bulletin consider participating with us and checking out the tree that would be great 
Along with that, with um, Bob Eckblad and his ministry to Tierra Nueva, there's an opportunity if you would like to learn more about that ministry, if you want to learn how you can prayerfully support them or financially support their ministry, there is an opportunity to do that at the Piercy's house on December 13th from 10.30 to 12.30. It's kind of a brunch opportunity. If you have questions, you can talk to them. They're right over here. They're waving right there. The information is also in your bulletin, so I want to make sure you know about that. Next is, if you haven't heard us and you're not aware of it yet, Advent has arrived. Uh, we're very thankful. In your bulletin is a little description to help us understand Advent and also kind of understand some of the art that's going on in here, particularly these ones with all the little cards. And want to really encourage you over this month to take a look at those and help you kind of enter into the season both visually and mentally and spiritually. There are all these different things that we've designed to help us do that. Along with what's in your bulletin, right in the back, there's a round table that's our Advent resource table. And on it, it's got multiple resources that we've created that you can take home today for free. Prayer guides, scripture reading guides. Um, there's a, a, a picture a day thing that's really cool where you can gives you ideas of how you can look for things in your day-to-day to help you think about and ponder Advent. And if you're on Facebook, you could post it with a little hashtag and we'll kind of get creative that way. Um, there's a whole bunch of things. And want to make sure before you leave today that you grab one of those or all of them. Or if you want to save paper, you can download them. They're all on our website as well at onelifeseattle.com. So I want to make sure you know about that as well. There's a bunch of other things in your bulletin I want to make sure you don't miss. I'm not going to highlight them all, so make sure you read that. But at this time, what I'd like to do is invite you to stand. And if you just greet the people around you, say hello, grab some coffee and tea. And if you have kids, they're dismissed to game day today with our Kids Life program. And when you hear the band kick in, we'll continue in our service. We're great to have you here. Show me your face, Lord Your power and grace Your power and grace I can make it to the end If I could just see your face Oh 
Test one, two, three, check, test one, two, three, one, two, three, hello, hello, I don't know why you say goodbye, say hello, okay, you're good? Okay, so let me keep trying, still got me, still got me, okay, okay, I'm gonna walk outside, okay, and so you'll just have to let me know if you still have me, okay, I'll come back in in a second, you can tell me if you still got it, okay, now I'm out in front of the building, gorgeous morning out here this morning, I'm gonna come back in now, and you can let me know. If I could just see your face Promise never fails 
and my desire is to follow you church. My name is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm loving this already. This is awesome. Um, it's wonderful to see you all. Great blessing to be with you as, uh, as we seek to engage and, and encounter God together. Uh, before we do that, though, um, through uh, our talk this morning, will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks for your presence in our lives. We ask that it is from that place that you dwell, that is nearer to us than we can imagine, that we would hear your voice this morning. God, that we would uh, know your kindness and know in a deeper way your love and affection for us. Uh, And I pray that that would move us to be loving and affectionate towards the people around us um, and that we would leave here being uh, a little more like you. And we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this morning we are officially beginning the Advent season. Um, This anticipation, this arrival of Jesus and the celebration of his birth, which is almost here. And our desire this year is to make things simple. Uh, We don't want to add a bunch more to our schedules. and We're not trying to create more things for us all to do. And instead we've tried to create a space uh, for some rest and simplicity for us to enter into. And And to afford some opportunities for us to receive and respond to this reality that God is with us. He's in the midst of all the other things that we uh, are dealing with and all the other things that are vying for our attention uh, at this time of year. And so we've changed things up in here a little bit to reflect that. Uh, I want to draw your attention to the stuff on the walls uh, in here first, but then throughout the whole building, things have changed. Uh, If you get a chance, look at these hangings on the walls. They're amazing. Um, some very cool things uh, and then other things up on the wall in the back but also throughout the rest of the building we've got a new setup up here uh, intended to look and feel a little bit like a living room uh, so I threw my vest on the couch because that would be very much what you would find in my home uh, I almost brought my slippers today but I forgot because that would have been awesome um, and, so, and so we've changed things 
uh, a bit in here, but you're also going to hear in our sermons uh, a reflection of this too, that we're, um, we're going to be looking at the themes of hope, peace, joy, and love, these four words, nothing too fancy, uh, yet words that are critical in this time of Advent, but also critical uh, in, in today's world and today's culture. Uh, and then the other thing I want you to note is typically when, when we preach, we've got a lot of slides and stuff. Um, I decided, uh, I have a couple of movie clips I'm going to show you, but decided for all the, the quotes and stuff like that, I didn't want any slides because I wouldn't show you slides in my living room. Um, I would just talk to you and we would listen to one another. And so I uh, wanted to go a, a little more with that feel because our goal throughout this is, uh, is, is that through the Holy Spirit, we want to create a space where we can actually slow down uh, and allow these realities of God and the reality uh, of his love expressed in the birth of his son, uh, Jesus Christ, to sink in and, and settle and take root in us. Um, this morning, we're going to be uh, looking at uh, the theme of hope, and, and hope is tricky uh, to look at. There's lots of people that have lots, lots of different spins on what hope is and what hope looks like and what it should look like in the life of a person who follows Jesus. If I look at dictionary.com, uh, the definitions I get for hope are these. The, the, in the noun uh, form of it, it's a feeling that what is wanted can be had uh, uh, of the events uh, of that events and things will turn out for the best uh, or it's a person or a thing in which expectations are placed so I, I hope I put my hope in my friend that they're going to meet me um, and, and be there when uh, when I need them or something like that but it's also uh, a verb that that we feel that something desired may happen so uh, I hope it doesn't rain today um, and then it's to place our, uh, our trust in or rely upon now, those are, you know, again, on last Thursday, I really hoped that the Seahawks would win, right? That was a, a strong desire for me, like I re- and they did, which is awesome. Uh, but um, when we talk about hope in God or hope in Christ, there's something that becomes a little bit different there. Um, and, and, and I want to start with this by talking about a moment from my own life, just sharing a story about one of the reasons why I have hope, one of the ways I've seen God uh, show up and, and meet me. And, and there'll be a couple of these throughout our talk this morning. And, and I want you to see that they're everything from kind of small, seemingly small things to really big, complex things. Uh, the first one was shortly after Angie and I were married and we were living uh, in a city on the east side of the state that I'm not supposed to mention. Um, but, uh, right, who yesterday had a very bad day uh, in football. But that's right, go Cougs. Um, at least they scored some touchdowns. I was happy about that too. So anyways, um, but, but we were living over there, and so we came back over here for uh, Christmas, spent time with our families. And as we were heading back, my parents at the time lived in Elma, which is a little bit south of, of Olympia. And so we were heading from uh, Elma back to Pullman, And we got in our car, and we had about a quarter of a tank of gas. Um, And we had no money, not a penny on us. No money in our bank, no nothing. We had kind of spent it all. Um, And so we got in the car, and we're like, okay, I guess we should just start driving, right? And and so we drove. We didn't realize we were that low until we got a little ways away. We could have asked my parents for some money or something like that. But um, while we were driving, we remembered that my dad... And this is something he does every year as a stocking stuffer. He gives everyone a couple of lottery tickets. 
And so I don't know if we were really thinking like, hey, we'll scratch these and maybe we'll get something. I think I was just trying to pass time and I was bored. And, uh, and so I pulled those out and I scratched them and we won $21, which was exactly enough for us to fill our tank and get two pops, um, two sodas. And so, but when I look back at my life, and think about the moments where I sensed God's presence in a powerful way. For some reason, that one, it just sticks in my system, right? It was this simple thing, right? And it came from an unlikely source. Um, that, that how often do we, you know, do you think about a lottery ticket? No one ever wins a lottery, blah, 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 right? And, and in some moments, to win millions of dollars would be awesome. But in that moment, $21 felt like everything. Right? Because God showed up. God was present. God was saying, I'm giving you everything you need to get where I'm taking you. Right? And so it was this amazing moment. And when I look in the Bible, the word hope occurs 180 times. Now, to be honest, I was disappointed in that. I thought hope was going to be a lot more. Uh, but the word may not occur, but the concept and the reality are there throughout. And some of those times it occurs, like in Esther 9.1, it says, On this day the Jews had hoped to overpower them. So there's, there's again, this desire for something to happen. But, but I want to keep touching on this reality of God showing up, and that's somehow inspiring a different kind of hope. Um, and so if we keep looking at all the times these words occur, um, these 180 times, and that's in 38 different books. There's way more books than that in the Bible, but 38 of them contain the word hope. Um, of those 180, 96 are in the Old Testament, so just above half. Now, of those, of those 96 that are in the Old Testament, 83 of them are in just six books. So that's almost half of the uses in the whole Bible, and 86% of the Old Testament use of the word hope is contained in one-sixth of the books that it gets used in. The interesting thing I find with this is that these books are Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Lamentations. Now, when I look at those books and I think about them, they are not necessarily known for being overly cheerful, right? We can certainly find spots where you can find something that feels positive. But when I read through Job, when I read through Lamentations, okay, and, and, and a lot of times in the Psalms, I'm not thinking happy, happy, joy, joy. And a lot of the other books, Isaiah, Jeremiah, they've got this dark moodiness to them. And I think this reveals something to us about the nature of hope. Uh, author Christina Cleveland recently wrote a post on her blog about Advent. And she was talking about how, how a lot of times we try to kind of dress up um, and feel good uh, during the holidays. And, and I, I don't want you to hear me saying, like, we shouldn't be having parties and we shouldn't be feeling good. But she's saying that sometimes we do that to cover up a different reality. Um, and, and, and she says this about Advent, uh, that Advent is an invitation to plunge into the deep, dark waters of our worst world, knowing that when we resurface for air, we will encounter the hopeful, hovering spirit of God. For when we dive into the depths of our worst world, we reach a critical point at which our chocolate from uh, Advent calendars and pageants no longer satiate our longing for hope, and we are liberated by this realization. Indeed, the light of true hope is found in the midst of darkness. 
There's a reason why we find the word hope being used so many times in these books that seem dark. It's because hope is found in the midst of darkness. When I looked through all these verses and was reading through them, there was one that jumped out at me. And it just, a lot of them talked about this hope we have in God or you know, he is my hope and these kinds of things. And that was great. But I, I found myself looking for something different. And so this one verse in Lamentations 3.21 just jumped out at me. It said, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. And something in me went, yes, that's what I want to know. What is it that you called to mind that gave you hope? I don't want to hear someone just say, I have the hope. I don't just want to hear someone say, you can have the hope. I want to know what it is. What is it that gives this person that hope? And so I read further. It says, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I say to myself, The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. It sounds awesome. But why did the author need to call something to mind to hope? What was happening in their lives that made it so they needed to have hope? And so I read before this part. Uh, and this is quite lengthy, but again, I want you to just listen and hear the words of the author. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He's walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. And he has barred my way with blocks of stone and made my paths crooked. Like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding, he dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. And he pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughing stock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and given me gall to drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction, my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. 
So we have this darkness that is in the world that we are in, that we live in. And it's in this place that we discover the true depth of hope. I have um, a short video clip that I want to show you. Um, and it's from uh, the, um, <clears throat> the movie, uh, it's from a story called The Christmas Carol um, by Charles Dickens. And if you're not familiar with the story, it's about a character named Ebenezer Scrooge. And Ebenezer Scrooge um, has become a person who is, has their hope in their money and in their business. And um, he has this dream, this vision, this experience with three ghosts, the, gross, the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. Um, and in doing so, he's learning different kinds of things about himself and what he has become. This clip is towards the end of his experience with these spirits, as he calls them, um, these ghosts. And this is the, the ghost of, of the spirit of Christmas future. And, um, and so this is, this is a small glimpse of, I think, where we are at when we begin to uh, experience hope. Answer me one question. Are these the shadows of things that will be? Or the shadows of things that may be only? Men's actions determine certain ends if they persist in them. But if their actions change, the ends change too. Say it is so with what you show me. Christmas in my heart and keep it all the year. The spirits of all three Christmases shall thrive in me. I will not shut out the lessons that they teach. Oh, let me wash away the writing on this stone. So if, if it was too difficult to see, when he looks at the gravestone, he sees his own name and he's he's struggling with this reality of of the person who he is is not the person he now longs to be he hopes for something different he wants to see something different so he's questioning this spirit like are the things you've shown me going to happen or if i change now could something different happen 
Have you ever been in a moment where you wish you could go back and change something? You wish you could make something happen differently, or, or you went into something, he's, he's begging this spirit, like, like, let something different happen. I remember um, when I was a college student at Western Washington University, and finding out that this, this class that I really needed to get a, a good grade in, um, I wasn't even close to passing. Um, and, uh, and that'll give you some kind of indication of what at least a couple of years of my college life were like. Uh, but, because um, if I would have been paying attention, I would have known that sooner. Um, but I remember going to my professor and asking in this kind of almost crazy way, like, is there anything... I can do like any assignments, any extra credit. Can can I retake something? Can I redo something? And 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 they just looked at me and said, "No. No, you can't. You 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 failed." And and I think about when my kids, especially right now, uh, we just passed Halloween, and and when they come and ask me, uh, "Dad, can we have a piece of our Halloween candy?" They're putting all their hope in something. But their hope is being put in, in that I would give them a piece of candy. It's not that I would know what's best for them or not that I would know what would be the best in this moment for them. And it's not in their worldview at all. Even though if you ask them, they might logically say it's possible that I would say no. That's not part of their worldview in that moment. They come up and ask, and, and it's revealed when I say no, I say no, and then they're like, what? Or they move into please. Please, can I have just one? Right? One of my kids will even say, can I just open the bag and look at what's in the bag? Just so I can know when it is time what I might want. Right? No, you can't. You can't even touch the bag. Why? Why can't I touch the bag? I just want to look in the bag. No, because you were just across the street, and I know you had a piece of cake and six other pieces of candy. And, and, and I could explain to them, and this is why that's, this is not the best decision for you, and it matters not at all. That truth, that, that idea that I might know best, doesn't matter. And so we have Patrick Stewart's character, Ebenezer Scrooge, asking this spirit, this, this begging, this, and if it can be different, let me experience that. Israel, at the time Jesus uh, shows up, is being ruled by a foreign superpower in Rome. They're oppressed, and on top of that, they are adrift from God. There are some people that still hope for a Messiah. We don't know how many, but it doesn't always seem like a lot. Many are giving in to Roman rule and oppression and abandoning the things of God. Have you ever felt distant from God? Have you ever waited a long time to hear from God? Because Israel is in the middle, well, they're at the middle, they're at the end of this 400 year waiting period where it feels like God hasn't been saying anything to them. And so it's the end of this 400 years of waiting where there haven't been prophecies, there haven't been, there hasn't been God speaking in the way He normally speaks, and it's He's seemingly silent. It's at the end of this that God sends His Son Jesus into the world, and some call Him the hope of nations. But we find Israel's hope is not actually in Jesus, but in their idea of the Messiah. 
not who Jesus really was. Because you see, Israel is convinced that the Messiah is going to show up and be this military king. He's going to overthrow Rome and establish Israel as the new world power. And through that avenue, they would rule the earth and be a blessing to the nations. But Jesus shows up as an infant, helpless, needy, born as a man, not God in disguise as a man, but as holy and truly man. And he didn't start a military overthrow. Instead, he talked about the kingdom of God and released people from bondage and sin. And he did not meet the expectations and hopes of Israel. And so for the most part, they rejected him. Have you ever hoped God would do something and he didn't? Have you ever rejected God or turned from Him or got mad at Him because He didn't do something that you expected Him to do or wanted Him to do? So in darkness we find this hope. Frederick Buchner, in a sermon entitled A Sprig of Hope, where he looked at the story of Noah, said this, then finally, after many days, Noah sent forth a dove from the ark to see if the waters had subsided from the earth. And that evening she returned, and lo, in her mouth, a freshly plucked olive leaf. Once again, for the first time, the place to look, I think, is Noah's face. He earlier had talked about looking at Noah's face for answers to the story. So he says, once again, for the last time, the place to look, I think, is Noah's face. The dove stands there with her delicate scarlet feet on the calluses of his upturned palm. His cheek just touches her body so that he can feel the tiny panic of her heart. His eyes are closed. The lashes watery wet. Only what he weeps with now, the old clown, is no longer anguish, but wild and irrepressible hope. That is not the end of the story in Genesis, but maybe that is the end of it for most of us. Just a little sprig of hope held up against the end of the world. The book of Hebrews says that we have this hope like an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. This hope that faces the end of the world. This hope that says in the darkness Jesus really is who he says he is that He's come to serve and save, that when we find in Him deep love that we can never be separated from. And so even in the darkest of places, we can discover hope. But hope does things to us. Hope is tricky. Hope changes us in ways that others may find unsettling. I want to show you um, a second clip from a moment later on uh, in, uh, in the Christmas Carol. And this is when Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, he, in that last scene we looked at, he's just about to kind of wake up, quote-unquote, from these visions. And this is uh, what we encounter here. Okay, so we don't encounter that here. Um, in the scene, though, uh, what happens is, and, and, and I'm not going to do it justice because Patrick Stewart is a far better actor than I am, 
But he's talking, uh, he's kind of looking, he's like, I'm awake, they're here, my bed is here. And at this one point, he begins to, to it almost sounds like he's choking, right? And he's just, or or he's, it looks like he's going to throw up or something. Uh, and he does it so many times, it's uncomfortable to watch. And then it shifts and changes into this gut laugh. Right, this this overwhelmingly he's out of control laughing, and he's saying things like, "I don't even know what day it is. I don't know how long I've been out. I don't know what is going on." And then he hears the bells outside, and he realizes maybe I haven't missed Christmas. And he runs to the window. There's this boy running by, and he says, "You know, fine young lad, what day is it?" And he says, "What?" And he's like, "What day is it?" And the boy looks at him like, "You're an idiot." Right? It's Christmas. Uh, he's like, oh, you are a good... He's like, yeah, even this kid just insulted him. He's like, oh, you're good. Where he would in the past wouldn't even give this kid the time of day. So there's a change in him. Um, he tells the kid, hey, the, the butcher down the road, have they sold the, the, the goose that's in the window, the prize goose? And the kid's like, the one that's as big as me? He's like, yep, that's the one. And he's like, no, they still got it. And he goes... Well, go run and fetch it. Buy it under my name. And then you see him and he goes, and I'll, uh, and, and you can see Patrick Stewart. He gets kind of worked up like there's something he's got to get past. And he goes, and I'll, I'll give you a shilling. You got to remember, this is greed, Ebenezer Scrooge. And all of a sudden you see that he's got this feeling and he wants to give away money, but it's so foreign to him. He doesn't know what to do with it. And so to counter that feeling, he says, I'll give you a shilling. And then he says, and if you're back in five minutes, I'll give you two. Right. And so he, he's starting to become something different because hope has changed him. And As you listen to him choke on this laugh because it's so foreign to him. And he has this hard time offering money, but finds a way to squelch it by offering double This is what hope does. It causes us to move. It causes us to get up. It causes us to step out of our comfort. Hope causes us to think outside of the boundaries. But what does that look like? There's a gentleman named Plenty Coops. And Plenty Coops is the last great chief of the Crow Nation. And as his people's lives were changing and they were diminishing, they were succumbing to white settlers and the enforcement of white government, he said this, All of our traditional way of life is coming to an end. That life is about to disappear. We must do what we can to open our imaginations up to a radically different set of future possibilities. Now I'm hoping you can still hear me, otherwise this is not going to work at all. I've left the building. I'm standing outside, I'm looking at the street, the sun is shining, I'm seeing people drive by, I'm seeing life happen around us, and I'm wondering why am I always expecting people to come into the building? That if I'm really open to a new set of future realities... Maybe it's time to do some things different. Maybe it's time to get out of my comfort. Maybe it's time to move a little differently. Some of you that know my story have heard this part of it before. When I was in college, I became a Christian. 
And during that time, I also did what some people would call fall away, where I turned my back on God and I walked away from him, got really mad at him, told other people not to waste their time on God. And then I came back. But I was challenged by a friend of mine with this verse, also in Hebrews, that says, you, you can't do that. If you really fall away, then to come back would be to crucify Christ all over again. And so I was faced with this reality of maybe it's not possible for me to follow God. And I prayed a lot. I asked a lot of questions. And I struggled with this really for, for months. And at the end of this time of struggling, what I discovered was passages in Scripture that say things like, God is the God who lowers mountains and raises valleys and makes the crooked path smooth and makes a way where there is no way. And so I decided that if my hope was going to be anywhere, even if it was impossible for me to be loved by God, God was still the best hope I had. And so I put all my hope in Him and said, even if that's true, God is the one who makes a way where there is no way. In our world, we might ask, well, what about Ferguson? What about the school shootings that happened in two local schools in the last year locally in Marysville Pilchuck High School and at Seattle Pacific University? How about just getting through another day at work or school? What about one more conversation with my child about whatever reoccurring topic they are struggling with? Does our hope in Christ move us so that we can see a new future? Does it move us in such a way that we face these and many other things in our world with laughter? Where we dance and it's so foreign to us that we almost choke on our laughter. Because that's the kind of hope that Christ offers us. It's how Jesus is able to sleep in the midst of a storm where his friends think they're going to die. What kind of hope do you have today? If you pull out your connection cards, um, on there on the back, we've left some space for you to write um, uh, some answers or some questions down. And then if you fill those out and give them back to us, it's great for us to know how we can pray with you or things you thought about what we talked about today. Um, the questions are, first, what do you hope for in this Advent season? It could be anything. What is it you're really wanting? Okay? And, and for some of us, it could depend on the day. Today, I'm just wanting to get through the day. Tomorrow, I want a motorcycle. Right? Who knows what it is? I want peace in my house. Whatever. Second, what ways may you be hoping in Jesus that need to be changed or refined? 
Um, maybe there's something you're expecting of Jesus that he has never promised he would do. Again, like Israel, they had a certain idea of what the Messiah would be like. And so they were hoping for him to do something that he wasn't going to do. Third, what areas of life have you given up hope in? For me, uh, I've given up hope of ever slam dunking a basketball. Okay? Not going to happen. Not without a little help from a chair or a mini tramp or something like that. But on a more serious note, like what, what areas have you given up hope in? What dreams have you let go of? And then fourth, what would it look like to have a wild hope in Jesus that helped you face the darkest parts of this world and yourself? What kinds of ideas, what kind of dreams that step outside your normal ways of thinking? What would that look like? If you could take a little bit of time to answer those and then put those again in those wood boxes in the back. Those questions will also be up on our blog site uh, if you want to uh, kind of dig through them a little more uh, throughout the week. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I confess that, that there is a lot of darkness in this world. And that it's challenging. And at times it's, it is overwhelming. God, to just visit a news website, it feels like it can just shut me down. But God, I'm so thankful that when I recall your great love, God, that I've seen in moments like $21 in a lottery ticket or my hope against hope that you are the one who can make a way where there is no way. God, that, that in this world I have this anchor, this hope that is like an anchor for my soul, strong and firm. And it doesn't just keep me anchored into the sea bottom that's, that's not moving. It keeps me anchored to you. It keeps me tied to you in the midst of the chaos and the, 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 the troubled things that I go through and that we go through in this world, we can remain anchored to you because of this hope. So I pray you would help us to experience that. Help us to know that. God, help us to make some wild decisions. Let our imagination kind of roam free in the possibilities of what this hope could lead to. And I pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you stand as we sing? You're the one.
it's mine
Thank you for being here. Thank you for walking with us into the season of expectation, of hoping for the movement of God in this world. Um, as you go, hope wildly. Yeah, that's it. Hope wildly. And as you go, if you could drop your connection cards in the wooden boxes in the back and head downstairs for good food and good people and go in peace. <laughs>